0: Me on email uh, or by Facebook Messenger earlier this week um, about playoffs and whether or not Lindsay watches playoffs with me. Not only is she an absolute playoff widow, but I was thinking to myself that watching movies and going to movies used to be so much easier when Toronto's team sucked. That's very true. I, I got a solid Decade and, and a bit in there where springtime I lost maybe two or three nights, then like four or five nights to, to a short series of the Raptors, but that was it. And so now that I'm on my couch every night watching TV, it's, um, I feel like I'm missing out. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the worst was la- like this time last week, last Saturday, both teams were playing on the same day, right. and the hockey game went into overtime. So I realized I felt terrible that it was a reasonably nice day. My wife and I both had the day off for the first time in ages, and I was on the couch watching sports for six hours solid. (laughs) That was awful. That was awful of me.
1: I mean, it, I mean, it's kind of it's, it doesn't happen all
0: the time, so no. you gotta you got yeah, yeah. you get it, yeah, yeah, that's, that's the thing. And it's not regular season; it's only playoffs. Yeah. And when my teams are out, my teams are out. That's that's it. Yeah. Uh, welcome to wherever you are. My name is Ryan McNeil, Toronto, Canada. And you're listening to episode 176 of on the Matt Cast. It's your movie loving podcast and movie loving website, matinee.ca, Your home for cinematic passion and perspective. Uh, we're doing several things differently today, folks. So uh, I hope you're along for a fun ride. For starters, as you can probably hear, um, we're taking the show outside. We wanted to uh, take advantage of the nice weather. Spring has finally arrived in Toronto, and it's sunny. It's not quite warm enough yet to, like, you know, throw aside jackets and sweaters, but it's it's certainly good enough to get out of the apartment. Um, and, um... So we thought we'd uh, do a show over brunch. And uh, not only is that in a different angle for today's show, but we're bringing back a repeat guest far quicker than I usually do. I had guests guests who were on, like, the first 10 shows that I still haven't brought back. Um, I have people who only come along, like, once every Olympics. Um, But if you listen to episode 171 where we talked about cure for wellness. Uh, you might have noticed the sound of the show being very different. Uh, there were parts missing, there were needle scratches, there was me jumping in to summarize bits that were missing, and I felt terrible about that. It's It happens once in a while, a show you do 175 shows, and a few of them just go sound. So I asked the guest from that show, I was like, Pick Your Poison, any movie you want to talk about any time this year, I'll get you back on the show. And uh, she was uh, kind enough to point me, one, towards a movie that was coming out very quickly, and uh, and actually point me to a movie that the playoffs might have had me skip, so I uh, thank you for that. Um, Carolyn Morrison is back on the show. How are you, Carolyn Morris?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I'm thank you
0: good, for joining me for brunch in your hood. Hey,
1: why not?
0: Yes. My old hood, as, yes. as it happens as well.
1: West Enders.
0: Yeah, I like it. Um, <laughs> And I, I managed to pull a neat little trick, and I'm kind of winging it today, folks. I'm without my notes, so if I sound a little bit more off the cuff, a little bit ill prepared, I do beg your patience. Um, but we're gonna—we got a whole good show for you. We're gonna do know your enemy in just a second. We're gonna talk about Colossal, starring Anne in Hathaway and Jason Vegas, and kind of touch on the other side while we're at it, but uh, not too deeply. But first, we need to learn more about Carolyn. This is know your enemy. So, on episode 171, uh, you're going to have to remind me of a few of these things because I remember some but not all. The first movie you'd ever seen was The Apple Dumpling Gang. Yes, right, at like
1: the Westwood Theater. Yes, that, yeah, the
0: last one. They're changing that whole area, too. Like, all the roads are going to be done. I know. That area, yeah. yeah. Uh, the last movie you'd seen at the time... Oh my god. we cannot recall the movie that the worst movie that you'd ever seen was oh, Nurse 3D that I remember that poster is still like yeah, etched no, into my mind gor- again
1: it's a gorgeous
0: poster yeah. too bad about the movie Yeah.
1: the classical essential that you wish you'd seen
0: that you haven't yet oh
1: my god
0: I can't <laughs> some, whatever it was there's no yeah. way you've seen it in the last four weeks no, no. oh my god well, look, look at the show notes for this episode yeah. people all have these answers listed yeah, there I can't even
1: remember well my memory. Is so bad that I have to write everything, everything down, down. So, yeah. and the
0: movie that you wish you'd made I want to say it was Pulp Fiction but I don't think that's correct. no surprised.
1: it was Pulp Fiction did uh, I answer these last time you did oh, okay. Yeah.
0: I'll, again a mystery we'll have to look it up that's okay because I do know round two yeah. and so do you so yeah. round two of Know Your Enemy yeah. and go to the show notes for the answers for round one or just go back and listen to <laughs> the episode we're just out of it <laughs> the coffee is flowing folks alright Carolyn what's the movie that you like, that nobody else does.
1: Okay, um, so it's Rob Zombie's Lords of Salem. No one likes that movie, I, I love it, I, don't know. I, just have, I like Witches, I like that um, Dee Wallace is in it, and Matt Foster, and um, uh, Judy, uh, is it Jason, Judy Jason? Sure. From To Serpent With Love. Oh, yeah. Like I love all the kind of old school screen queens and that um, he, I feel like he's always pulling from the 70s. Okay. But, I, but this one, seemed, he seemed to get it right. Huh. Like of a psychedelic weird 70s horror
0: movie. I think that's the thing that a lot of people don't like about it, right, is that really? it seems like it's too trippy.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: that's, that's a weird kind of vibe yeah. to try to recreate that, that yeah. hallucinogenic uh, easy rider 2001 kind of era of yeah. film that, you it, know, like, it's almost like it demands substance to go along with it. Yeah. No. So, but, so, so that's, that's your, that's your bag okay. and, yeah.
1: I really you, you, enjoyed it. The first time I saw it, I, I, this is really weird and awesome. And then I, I re-watched it um, a few months ago and I'm like, what's wrong with this movie? There's nothing wrong with it. But well, I know everyone hates it. Yeah. I know everyone hates it. I mean, actually, I tried watching 31 and I couldn't get through it. I couldn't
0: get through it, so... Rob Zombie is kind of, like, I, I feel like he's either the guy that, uh, there's, this is, sort of, Army of fans that love everything he yeah. does, yeah. and then there's a whole lot of people who really don't like him. Um, it's, it's weird. Like, is it because here's a rock star who's trying to direct horror because he loves horror, even though he doesn't really know about directing? Yeah. Is that, is, is that the what's 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 the, the the party line on Rob Zombie? I, I don't
1: really- I just think he does whatever the hell he wants to, because he can, because he, he he's
0: a rich rock star.
1: Yeah, he's a rich rock star, and he also, that's his basis, is Like That's what fuels him in, in his music, and, and I think it's just a passion of his that, again, he's able to do because he has the money, and um, I actually read a review about him. Um, uh, Rob Zombie. Just, I can't remember what movie had come out, and it was someone who was a movie reviewer who did not like horror, and I felt like, you know, everybody has their own opinion, but if you don't, if you're not familiar with the genre, if you're not, constantly kind of writing, uh, writing it objectively yeah. or writing about it objectively. Yeah. I don't think it's fair because he totally slammed everything Rob Zombie had done. And, you know, he's like, who does he think he is? Blah, blah, blah. I can't remember the name of the guy, but I think it was in one of the subway newspapers. Okay. And I just thought, you know, it's kind of unfair. Yeah. Because as you're saying, he has his diehard followers. And, I mean, he does make. Them. Okay. He does make a, it's a like, you
0: know, What you're saying to me sort of feels like he's not really interested in transcending. He no. just wants to make it within the box. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. You know, like he makes he's, he's a heavy metal musician. Yeah. You want to make heavy metal, you're not looking to transcend to the Starbucks yeah. crowd. No,
1: exactly. Just make a movie. And yeah. he's got his own universe, so I mean it's his, you know, his I, I might
0: story. have to revisit this movie. Yeah, we'll yeah, see I'll, how this probably
1: goes. still hate it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what is the movie that everybody else digs? Seemingly everybody else digs that you don't? Oh, um the innkeepers. Oh, I Laker? do remember that. I hate that
1: movie. I hate it. It
0: was uh, boring. Not uh, is that Adam Wingard? Yeah, and it
1: was um Sarah Paxton. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. What? And and there's ghosts in the hotel. Yeah. So
1: they they've gone to uh, investigate um,
0: this, haunting at this hotel. Yeah. It's like a B and
1: B. Yeah. So and everybody I've just spoken to you, like, oh I like that movie. Like I hate it, it was boring. It was like violent. I was so bored.
0: So bored. It's so. um no there's there's this kind of other little subgenre of horror which is like super duper low boring, right? Yeah. And I'm like I'm thinking of stuff like even Blair Witch. Yeah. Right? Like Blair Witch has long passes where nothing happens. Where they're just wandering around and they're having their own thing and then shit gets real. Yeah. You're saying that for you, this didn't even work within that construct. No. You're okay with that construct, I, I love just it. not yeah. this particular.
1: Not this film. I just, I tried, I tried, and I because um, I believe like there's like a the group of the indie horror uh, filmmakers. There's um, Brian West, who did the, as in the House of the Devil. Yeah. I love that. Movie. Yeah. and I'm like, okay, so you know, I'm like, I'm open to those guys.
0: Yeah, um, but, but that this one. just
1: did nothing for me.
0: You know, the one what you're touching. On here is I've always said that if you if you go to a comedy and you don't laugh or you go to a horror and you aren't scared, yeah. it doesn't yeah. work, and mm-hmm. it's completely subjective. It can do it can do so many things right yeah. for so many other people, yeah. but if it doesn't scare you. And it doesn't, or and or it doesn't make you laugh. Yeah. You, you can't. No, you know. So uh, okay. Yeah. I, I've seen it. I, I remember. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I didn't love it. So I, it's, it's not going to be one where I'm like aghast. Yeah. <laughs> no. You didn't care for it. What's cry. what This show is over. You're never coming back. <laughs> um, what was the last movie to make you cry? Um,
1: Moonlight oh okay um, oh my god so little story so sure. i watched it um my sister had it on and i came into the room and we were talking and I kind of yeah this is a nice film and then i watched it like i fully paid attention to it um I was watching it with my boyfriend and it was quiet and like we kind of we had the curtains drawn and just i focused on that movie and then the last scene
0: yeah
1: i just started to was so beautiful because um, I kind of felt like
0: syrup. Yeah. kind of thing.
1: I, I felt that that last scene when he's uh, I guess okay. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen. It. I don't
0: think it's a movie that people would spoil. Yeah, to be true. entirely honest, the,
1: the end when he goes back to when he's a little boy and he turns around. Really yeah. Bit, getting emotional, just thinking. Huh? But like, it's like he finally finds like peace or who he is or like that comfort. I felt like he found comfort by the water and by the sea. So, uh, yes, so I think that's what kind of it just gave me that emotional response. Like he's finally found something or someone
0: that he felt safe with. Please. Yeah. Ha- so, had, by the time you had seen it, had it won Best Picture? Yes. Okay, yeah. and, and like yeah. those expectations didn't hurt anything no, at all.
1: Actually, I. I to be quite honest, I love, um, his name's Marsh- Marshall mm-hmm. Yeah, I love him. Mm-hmm. He's an amazing actor. Yeah. But I kind of, as I was watching it, I was like, I, I understand why they gave him the award, but I, and I think, and I kind of understand why, um, the main character, didn't or
0: couldn't get the award because it was it's a yeah, right? Yeah. So
1: there's three different actors. But, I actually but his story. His story, and I felt like the, the actor that played him as a teenager, mm-hmm. oh, broke my heart. So I, I kind of wanted him to kind of get a nod as well. It's, um,
0: it's funny because that film... Mm-hmm moved me profoundly like that was it was my favorite film of last year just untouched remains that I caught up with a lot of films in the early part of 2017 that would have dropped at year end and got into that conversation but nothing ever crept up towards the maybe I need to reconsider my position on Moonlight um, kind of thinking and and while it moved me profoundly, it, it uh, was the one thing it didn't do. Was it never made me cry? Really? It, it, I, I adored it so much, like so, so very much. It was, you know, one of it was the most beautiful story. Yes. I yeah. heard, la- I, I heard last year. Um, it's not, it's not my story, so I didn't identify with it. But even though I didn't identify with it, I identified it. Right. If that that, is that makes any sense?
1: Yeah, no, I know.
0: And and it just it, it left me with with so very much. So it's, it's it's funny because I kind of feel that, like you know why why wasn't I crying at that? I'm an easy heart. You know it's weird
1: because I I'm a huge crier. The, with some films like um, uh, Sion Sono's Love and Peace. Have you seen that? Mm-mm. Oh my god. Crying like an idiot because okay. it's so cute. There's animals. I'm like, oh my god, I'm crying. Oh. But um, this, yeah, this, this one I didn't expect it. I didn't think I was gonna cry, but right. just like that last scene was so beautiful.
0: so Yeah. Um, I feel bad because yeah. this is the part of the show where I got you doing the most talking, and it's when your fear has showed up. That's okay. Yeah, so <laughs> feel free to talk with your mouth full. That's okay. People don't mind. <laughs> Um, in the movie of your life, who plays you?
1: Oh, okay. So I had um, I had a long, hard think about this, and I thought uh, one of my favorite actresses that I feel she's so underrated. I don't know if it's just because of the film choices, or but I also think that they're kind of daring. Um, her name's Megan Good,
0: okay. and she's. Um, I don't know this person. She
1: was. She's been in a few defunct Tima series. So there was one called, I believe. Um reception where she plays a it's kind of like a mystery she lived with a rich family and then someone dies and she goes back and it's like this whole mystery unravels and there, there was, I think it was on for like one season okay and then she was actually on the tv version of Minority Report you know the Tom Cruise
0: movie the, 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 yeah. the series yeah. that was on for like yeah. two weeks
1: yeah and it was filmed here yeah yeah I don't know I just I love her because she has a lot of heart yeah. um she really gets a chance, so, and I feel like she's misunderstood, mm-hmm. and I, I, personally, I've always felt a really little misunderstood, so, like, from my okay. family, and, like, just because I like what I like, and people kind of don't get it, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I would like her to, and okay. also she can rock a pixie cut, so, <laughs> <laughs> so it has to be someone that can have a,
0: like like, can rock, a pixie, rock a pixie cut. Rosemary's pixie, right yeah. <laughs> Um... <laughs> <laughs> he caught me kind of unawares because it's an actor I'm not familiar with so I can't even say yeah I see her in you or anything like that unfortunately um, but moving on to the final question uh, what are you watching next?
1: oh um I'm obsessed with this show Okay. Uh, it's a TV series a Swedish TV series called uh, your, uh, your Scott and uh, it's from 2015 and actually uh Shutter has picked it up. Oh. So it's, um, no, Is it in English? No, it's Swedish. Okay. And it's kind of like... It looks like it's got a Twin Peaks vibe. Okay. So it's about like this um, a female inspector, police inspector, and um, her daughter disappeared like seven years ago. Uh, in her hometown so she moves and then she has to go back to her hometown because her father has passed away and um, when she gets back to the hometown another child has gone missing so it's this mystery that unravels okay and um, i you know when I it
0: sounds thought, very like one this sounds very much like your bag, like yeah. I, have, I have no problems understanding yeah. why you want to see this for and sure it,
1: it's beautifully shot and um it's very slow burn, and the first episode, I was like, what's going on here? And then I realized that there's a fantasy aspect to it, and I was like, I'm in. Okay. So, yeah, I, I want to, I've watched, I believe, the first and part of the second episode, but it is a bit of a slow burn, so I don't recommend watching it at night, because you might fall asleep. Mm. It. but it's really good. Well, the
0: Scandinavians are really, really good with that in their television, and, and movies are really good at being a a slow, dark, kind of gritty burn yeah. To everything. Yeah. Um, this sounds... It remi- what you're reminding me of here, of two shows that I haven't watched and maybe I should watch them, is you're, it reminds me of The Killing. Yes. And it reminds me of Top of the Lake. Yes. So, which is good because like, we're getting into the time where is going to start getting slow, mm-hmm. so I'm mentally reminding myself, oh, i got to watch Killing and i got to watch Top of the Lake. Yeah. So, yeah. okay, very cool. Um, We are going to talk in just a moment about Colossal, the new film starring Anne Hathaway. However, uh, as I thought about this film uh, long and hard, I realized that there is a key detail uh, of the movie that is a little bit spoilerific. But I still want to talk about it. So, come back after this. We are going to have a spoiler-free conversation about the new film, Colossal, and uh, two-thirds of the way through, we'll sound a spoiler gong and talk about it right to the bitter end um, for those who may have already seen it or don't care. So Colossal is up next. Colossal is written and directed by Nacho Vigalondo. Nacho! It stars Anne Hathaway, Jason Sudeikis, Tim Blake Nelson, Austin Stowell, and Dan Stevens. It is about Gloria. Gloria is Anne Hathaway. And when we come to the movie, uh, Gloria is a little bit burnt out. She and her boyfriend, uh, played by Stevens have a very cold and emotional breakup. Um, He basically, literally, packs her bags and sends her on her way. And with nowhere to go and a fairly substantial alcohol problem, um, Gloria goes home. She goes back to her small town where she grew up and moves into her parents' abandoned house. And before long, she runs into her childhood friend named Oscar, that's Jason Sudeikis, and the two kind of rekindle their friendship in all its little cracks and damages. However, there's a twist, and the twist is that while all this is going on, a kaiju-like Godzilla-esque monster appears off the coast of Seoul. And I promise you, before this show is over, I am accidentally going to say Tokyo. I'm going to own that right now, and I'm really sorry, and I'm going to try not to do it. Um, Kaiju appears off the coast of Seoul. It always seems to happen around the same time of day. It always seems to happen when Gloria is blackout drunk, and that is because she is the monster she goes to this one particular park in this small town this playground and when she steps into this one little square area a mirror image of her as this kaiju appears off the coast of seoul and kind of wreaks havoc so she has to decide what to do with that she has to decide how to not hurt thousands and thousands of people how to Reveal the truth about herself to Oscar and his friends, and what to do with all of this while she's still trying to get her shit back together. Colossal is a very specific type of genre film. It's the kind of film that hangs itself as a monster movie, but is really the movie about humanity and people screwing up and people dealing with their own demons and trying to get their shit together. Which sometimes is a bit of a bait and switch where audiences are concerned. So, pop quiz hotshot. Is this what you want in genre form? Do you care when it Hangs the concept of a person steps into a park and they're a monster, but is in fact a person and their friend dealing with their own present and how it relates to the past. Well, um, I think I think it's an original
1: idea, so I think that it's a fresh take on it. So I, I don't know. I actually, you know, when I first saw it, I I was actually kind of angry. <laughs> What is
0: this? Okay. See, and that's why Yeah,
1: I yeah. what is this movie? Um, and I kind of knew a little bit about it going in. And also, I, I'm not a huge fan of Anne Hathaway, so I, no. I, I, I actually picked this movie because I wanted to um, discuss a film that I may not necessarily like. Okay. So um, I think it bothered me at first that there, there wasn't a clear um, uh, genre. But then after I thought about it, I'm like, you know what, it's, it's, it's actually quite clever. I'm not saying, I, I'm not, still not saying whether I liked or disliked the film yet, but yeah. I'm just saying for that, that it's, I, a
0: it's, it's a clever angle It's a
1: clever angle, and I, I actually kind of, you know, I, I tip my hat to uh, uh, Nacho. <laughs> because he actually did a pretty good job blending, you know, blending the genre and kind of throwing a curve in this
0: unexpected you know? see for me um I believe I've said this before on this show but if not I'm saying it now because we're in a time where so much of a film is spelled out before you even see it yeah um I mean like the last Marvel movie like when they trotted Civil War out there I knew like every plot beat because I'd already read the comics right you know if I write a book, I know how it's going to end. That kind of thing. Anytime a movie can surprise me, I mean, oh, this is what it's about? Yeah. I like that. I'm, yeah. I am totally okay with the bait and switch, yeah. especially with genre, which I kind of have this weird relationship with. Right. We've talked about this sometimes. Yeah. I love it sometimes. I hate it. Right. Um, so I was totally down with... Two people who are actually monsters themselves, trying, you know, doubling into something else. I I I really enjoyed that angle on the story. So you, okay, so you know, generally this is where I say, like, you know, what was your reaction? And now I'm actually really curious because you, I'm assuming you saw this back at TIFF. No. No. Yeah, I saw this
1: recently. Yeah. For the first time. For the first time. You said you saw
0: it twice. Oh, you only said, okay? Yeah, so so oh, okay. So then, what? Yeah, so what did you think? I've of, of just general. Uh, yeah. You still? Are you still? You're still kind of on the fence about it. You,
1: you know, for I, I, what it is, I like it because uh, again, it's it's different, and I. And I've actually seen only a couple of other things because um, that director, um, he, he's done uh, Open Windows, I think, which was at Toronto After Dark, and I, yep.
0: I missed that. He's but done. He's most famous for Time Crimes.
1: Time Crimes, which I could swear to you I've seen, but I can't remember thing about it. Okay. And I and, I'm, and I read I read the plot, and I'm like, I know I've seen it. Anyway, I digress. Um, <laughs> He did a, a segment for VHS viral, called okay. Parallel Monsters. Oh. Amazing. Okay. It's so bizarre. Um, so, I, I only know, and um, ABC's of Death, so I only know him from that. Okay. So, having seen those two segments, I kind of, I'm like, okay, that's why Colossal is working. Okay. So, um, I mean, I, uh, I, I admire him for his... Story like an original story. I admire him for that.
0: I quite like this movie, like really, really much more than I thought. Yeah. Um. Because of the way that Oscar and Gloria are dealing with their own shit. Um. You know, they're both grown adults. They're both, you know, really, really trying to balance success and failure. And those scales are really, really close at the time that we find them. Right. And how you work with that. Like, do you just put on a face every day and go and work at your bar? Or do you let that side of you out? Maybe somebody will help you or maybe not. Um, if you try to let somebody help you or they reject you, that is all... So much more of what this movie is than you know than, than Gloria and her monster tendencies. As much the monster tendencies are really charming, like when she's first figuring out that it's her, and she's you know going to the park and doing specific gestures, and yeah. going back to her TV and watching, and how she chooses to reveal this to the, to her friends, and she does her little dance, yeah. and they're watching it on the screen. Um, that all was wonderful uh, and even the whole angle of you know every time they're watching what she's doing to see what's happening in Seoul they have to look at their screens to see it right. and I actually like that whole idea of we're connected to the world in this very very weird way that we're not always looking at what's happening in front of us we're looking at our, we're looking at our screens right. I dug all of that I was t- I'm totally on board for this movie
1: I really like that point as well that they're you know, they it's kind of like this insane thing is happening and everybody's reality now is on screen, mm-hmm. you know, and that or like on
0: your ourselves included, like yeah. we're not the wrong don't yeah. right. so
1: exactly, yeah. So I, I really I like that aspect. I definitely did. But I actually when I saw the trailer for this movie and they showed the dancing scene that enraged me.
0: <laughs> really? Why?
1: Again, not a fan of Anne Hathaway. Okay. Oh, look, she's trying to be cute. <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's just the evil side of me, but I'm like, Well, see, what I
0: like about that, though, is that later on, yeah, when like you, you see the movie, you get the context for why she's dancing that yes, way. yeah. But she's doing a movie, it's a weird little dance. It's a weird dance. That actually kind of seems like a dance I would do, to yeah. be entirely honest, where she's like basically pointing at her goods, Yeah, and it's because Oscar, that's how he dances at weddings. Yes, right. that, that, That's his move. This is true, yeah. So, I, yeah, it's, it's not... It's unfortunate that that's how they showed it yeah. in the trailer. Because without, yeah, yeah.
1: without yeah,
0: without that context, it's a little yeah. loose. Yeah. Um, you don't like Hathaway in general. And the
1: only film I really liked her in was um, The Devil Wears Prada. I mm. love that movie. Love it. Because um, I used to work in the fashion industry, so I'm like, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I actually found that she had possibly, in my opinion. That film uh, showed most of her acting range. Like, I she really, she really acted in that movie. I, I felt like she was really doing her thing. Everything else, like the rom coms, like, I think she did. Um, oh my god!
0: Well, she was in the Batman movie. Yeah. And she did, uh, you know, like she like so you, like for Catwoman, no. No, no, Les no, Mis no, no. I mean, at least in Les Mis she's out in like twenty minutes.
1: Yeah, you
0: know, I, spo- mild I spoilers for Lady Mis <laughs> <laughs> Oops. She, that's the thing. Like, she got an Oscar in that movie for one song and one scene. Really, really, really. Um, I I don't know. It's like you're not you're not alone. I know a lot of people who aren't really all that crazy about Hathaway and I don't really know... And I'm
1: sure she's a lovely person and yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I mean, like, um, I have nothing personal against her. I've never met her but it yeah. just, like, in France I'm just not a fan.
0: So. For me, she's just never been... She's never been a reason for me to go or me to avoid. Right. Um, so for me, I'm fine with her. I really liked her in this. Really liked... Um... It's funny that you mentioned Double Wears product because what I'm thinking of is... Oh, and we I'm pretty sure we, we mentioned this on the last episode as well. Um, Girl on the Train. Yes. Where Emily Blunt plays a... Burnout that does not look like a functioning burnout. Yes. That's kind of what I got from Hathaway in this movie. Is yes. yeah. you know I was
1: thinking about that too. Yeah, actually, it, yeah. And, and it's
0: it's a very, very fine line. If yeah. you underplay it too much, everybody's gonna be like, I don't see any problem with her. She looks she looks up Darren Hathaway. Okay, so she's got a drinking problem. She still wakes up every morning. But you can see just in in that little tick that she does when she scratches her head, like yeah. you can tell that that's something that's come from her demons, and how just ever so slightly around the edges. If you were looking for it, you'd be like, you—you're working through some things, aren't you? Yeah. It's all—it's all in. It's a very physical performance. Her it body does, language. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. so uh-huh. true.
1: Yeah, I'll give her that.
0: So, you know, for the, for that end, she suits this. Um, my friend Andrew Robinson in Jamaica. Um, he, we, he and I were talking about this movie because he saw it at TIFF and he was he was the one guy who didn't like it. He's like I, he's like everybody else loved it. I didn't like it. So he actually asked a question that he wants wanted us to consider, and that was: Does the monstrous theme ever get tiring? Because the idea in this movie is that you have definitely for me. Um, the idea in this movie is that. You're looking. You're not looking at a kaiju off the coast of Seoul. Nailed it uh, off the coast of Seoul (laughs) as the monster. You're looking at Gloria as this monster of a person who is cannot get her life together and how she treats people, and also Oscar as a monster with how he takes advantage of that damage and how he treats her. So that theme is, admittedly, wailed on. Because Oscar gets Gloria into a position where he knows that because he's revealed, she's revealed her secret yes. to him, yes. that he can com- take complete advantage of it.
1: Yes.
0: Um, does that theme ever get old? Of two people being monstrous to each other. Well,
1: you know, I actually wondered why, um, because they they they, they had their little drinking buddies group. Yeah. So I wondered why his other two friends did he kind of step in when he was kind of holding that over her head.
0: That, I feel like they wouldn't.
1: Yeah, I, it, it's kind of bothered me that, you know, if they kind of took a liking to her mm-hmm. and they didn't want to see her, you know, I don't know, I can't remember if they had seen how upset she was
0: um, when she realized that... Is this a spoiler? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, I right think... I mean... Yeah, it's a hard question to answer without getting to what we're going to eventually yeah, okay. get to. But, I, just, I, felt I like mean, that's, you know, like, like when he's got that information over her, information is power, right? If you yeah. know somebody's secret, you can do all kinds of things, and that, that is really what this movie is going at. Is right. I, I have you because I have this stuff on you, and you won't want to let
1: this out,
0: you won't want to do what I do. Like, I mean, let us remember this is a woman who gets blackout drunk Yeah. she cannot the first two times that she appears as this monster she can't remember, she can't remember so Oscar in that framing could do anything with her right he could bring her to that park and just basically make her like spin like a really bird you know completely forgetting that she's going to do this that's all it takes It's just tempting her with alcohol and then taking advantage of her I don't know. For me, that theme never got tired. Yeah. Because I really like. I feel like people treat each other this way.
1: It's true. Yeah, I I did mind, because I like monsters. Yeah. So I'm like hey, bring on the monsters. Yeah. When when she's bugging me, I'll just look at the monster. You know, yeah, yeah, the so, yeah. No, I I didn't think I didn't feel that it got tired at all. Actually, I'm a, I wanted to see more of them. <laughs> because of. <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I like seeing messed up people, says Carolyn Morrison. Yes. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: So there you go, Andrew. No, the theme did not get tiring. Um, The other theme that I really liked in this movie is the idea of damage in crisis. So, you know, the movie, early on in the movie when the monster first appears, she calls her boyfriend back in New York, and he says, are you just learning about this now? That happened nine hours ago. Have you been asleep all day? And it's the kind of thing I think about of these world-changing moments, these, like, Berlin Wall falling, 9-11 happening, monsters off the coast of Seoul, two times, uh, happening, and the idea that the whole world stops, which it does, but that within that occurrence, you're going to have people who are just so messed up that it's going on without them. And... I can't think of another story where I've heard of this. Right.
1: Yeah. And it, it, it brings to light the level of self-absorption that is, that's going on as well because she's so... Um, right. blinded by her, her I guess, lack of direction, her alcoholism, her, you know, she's she's basically in limbo. So she's completely blinded by that. And I guess sleeping through that is a way, it's like almost like, I mean, obviously
0: it's involuntary, but...
1: It's but like it's a nice metaphor yeah, because, you know, yeah. the
0: world is, the, the ground is shifting under your feet. Right.
1: And, and you're, and you're like, sleeping through it. Sleeping through it, yeah. Um, and I feel like when she goes back to her, that her hometown, it's a, uh, you know, again another kind of bubble that she goes back into mm-hmm. because she's in New York and she can't deal, she can't deal, no. like it's too much for her and then she goes back to this bubble and, you know, Oscar is in that bubble so it's kind of an interesting uh, storyline or I guess not storyline but it's an interesting kind of offshoot yeah, yeah. where you know, these two people are in this bubble, and
0: you, you have to see where it goes. Yeah,
1: and whether they can kind
0: of overcome. It. Whether they can adapt to what's happening outside of that bubble, exactly. and you know, yeah. yeah, the world is changing. Like, can you can you get past your own shit and keep up with it? Yeah, because it's about to it's about to, to get divided into before and after. Right. And if you're stuck in before that that whole world is going to leave you. Yeah. You know? know, (laughs) If the Soviet Union is falling and you're still there wearing the red and drinking your vodka, you're going to wake up the next morning and not be able to keep up with the new world order. Exactly. Um, I really, yeah, I thought that this film actually did that really, really well because Gloria seems to be wanting to understand the change and wanting to roll with this. Whereas Oscar is just yeah. yeah. You know? I,
1: um, I really like them. There was one scene that really, uh, after I thought about the film, one that really stuck with me is when she uh, is, has been told to leave, her boyfriend's her bags, mm-hmm. and then he goes to work and her friends come in to mm-hmm. party during the day. Yeah. And she's just sitting there. Yeah. And it's like, there you go. You either sink or you smoke, you know? And that really, for me, was like a really brilliant scene and kind of that stuck with me. And I don't know if that really I mean it resolved
0: itself. Yeah. But no for me I mean, no. We'll talk about I, I, I feel like by the time the movie's over, yeah. That resolved itself. But yeah. actually there's a cute little wink to that at the end at the very end of the movie. Yes, yeah. But I I, I do feel like they didn't leave this need of trying to overcome demons. They didn't leave that lingering... Actually, it it provides, without getting into spoilers, it actually provides for an interesting counterpoint because when her boyfriend does eventually catch up with her in the town, um, before he arrives there, he does show up, he calls her, and she's like, Oh, I got a job. I'm working as a waitress in a bar. And he starts to belittle her. Now, okay... You're a functioning alcoholic, and you found a job in a bar. That might not be great, but at the same time, she found a job. You know, so it's like she's she is trying. She is. You know, and but at the same time, he's saying, "No, you're not." And I I, I, I kind of latched onto that because it's 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 a baby step, and when you're in recovery. It's one day at a time, and one day at a time, and every single step is important. But he can't recognize that. You know, I I I felt like that was in there. We are going to sound the spoiler gong now. So if you haven't seen this movie, you may want to turn back because there is a key plot point that we've been dancing around. But if you have seen the movie, uh, please come back after this for spoiler discussion of Colossal. Right after this. That detail that we've been dancing around, oh so gently, not so gently, is that after oh one act or so, we discover that Oscar is also affected by this magic that turns Gloria into a kaiju. He turns into a giant robot. He turns into a Pacific Rim... What's the word? I've, I've lost... Um, oh, Jaeger. He's yes. a Jaeger. He's what he yeah. is. Yeah. And he doesn't quite have the moral compass that... Gloria does and he, you know, the two of them will have fist fights as the monsters in the park, affecting life and property back in Seoul. That is a big reveal. How did that twist go for you? Um I,
1: I thought it was I thought it was good. Um I I wasn't really sure. After that, I didn't know what to expect, to be honest. I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to go for the ride and see what happens. But I did like that, and I I thought that was interesting. as the uh, film went on, they gave you little snippets of a backstory of how this kind of came to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually kind of felt it's that backstory still left you hanging a little bit. Uh, so when the first reveal came and showed that Oscar is a robot, I was expecting the, his friends when they walked into the playground. I thought everybody was going to turn into robots, and it was I, the
0: space, not the people. Yeah, right. yeah.
1: So and then when it turns out that it wasn't that,
0: uh, that it, it, I kind of I wanted a bit more from the backstory. I think that's what annoyed me a little bit. I I'm the opposite, there. Yeah. I like less backstory for me. Right. Whenever you guys are ready, perfect. Thank Thank um, I just want to know that the door leads into John Malkovich, you know? I don't want to know right. who put the door there and right. why. Just, they are kaijus and jaegers. That, right. and, you know, like, so, and it's because when they were kids, they got caught in this little lightning storm right. while holding a bottle of soda. <laughs> like, this, this, this is a really, really intricate little, yeah. this is why. Um, that, of course, is the roots of how they're monstrous to each other because... Um, Oscar, can, if he wants to blackmail her, he can just go to that park, wait for 8.05 a.m. when he knows he's going to be the Jaeger, and mess up Seoul. Kill people. And actually, there is a really, really well-executed scene where he knocks her to the ground, and he's trouncing around the park, and you just hear the audio of what's happening in Seoul. That is beautiful. Yeah. I thought.
1: And I thought uh, I really enjoyed uh, when they were, when you could hear what people were cheering in their homes. And that, I thought, was a really, really nice detail. Um, and, you know, when they were fighting, to me, it really kind of, when I thought about it, it was like, this is a really great, I guess, metaphor for, like, domestic abuse and, you know, control over a relationship and that sort of thing. And, and um, you know, when one person doesn't want to do something in the relationship and they're being blackmailed or being forced or emotionally blackmailed, like, it's, it's a, I thought that was really, It's It's
0: also a really good metaphor for codependence, yes, I think, absolutely. you know, they, they tell addicts that they really shouldn't be with other addicts yeah. because you'll enable and you'll, you know, and this is... This is why, like, you'll enable, you'll blackmail, you'll coerce, you'll manipulate, and, like Andrew said, like, we will be monstrous to each other. Yeah. And I really thought this was a well, a really, really elegant way of putting that out there while giving us robots and monsters, right? You know, doing their thing, like back in back in Soul. I, I, I really. I like yeah, that yeah, too. Yeah. I actually, I quite like that the movie is being smart enough to hide it, right. too, because it's it really is that moment that lifts it. Everything else that we talked about before, it's all really interesting. It's all really lovely, right. but it's that another person has this effect on Soul and on mm-hmm. Gloria that really makes this movie for me. Yeah,
1: and I, you know, I, I I found out a fun fact. I was just looking up. Uh, information on the film and they said that um, I think uh, when the director had I guess the treatment written up I believe uh, told Studios. Studios so I think he was going to be sued right? Oh okay Yeah but because they thought that he was going to use like a Godzilla yeah. character so I'm wondering because I, I you know at the end of the movie I'm like so why so? Right? Why? Yeah. But now that I maybe know a little bit of the backstory maybe he just like you know what let's not use Japan because yeah. I'm going to be
0: sued. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: So, you know, and then now you think with the political climate and what's going on now, um, it's kind of metallic, you know, that he's using uh, Korea and, like, these two giant American monsters
0: yeah. duking it out
1: while everybody else kind of suffers. Yeah. yeah it's, so it's there's yeah. There's a lot of layers to this film that, you know, on first watch, you're like, what the hell? And then you, when you start to think about it, like,
0: And everybody in it does their job Really, really well. Dan Stevens Very as the boyfriend. Like I, I loved him way more. This The Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, t- I timed this well because I just finished watching Legion last week. Right, Sedacus. Right. I'm really liking what Sedacus is doing with his career. I love him. Um, I'm really, really happy to see this kind of things happening. Have uh, you
1: seen Son Zorn? No. Should I? Yeah. Okay. Oh my God. It's hilarious. <laughs> He's basically
0: like a He-Man character. And oh, is that him? Yes. Oh, yeah. okay. I, oh, I got to see that. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'm totally really going to watch that. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, we end every uh, review here on the Matinee cast with uh, the souvenir, Something tangible or intangible, if you could. You would take away from this movie and keep. Carolyn Morissette, what was your souvenir okay. from okay. Colossal? Okay. I write that down? Anyway, I don't have to write it down.
1: Um, my souvenir would be um, that giant TV that uh, Oscar brings her. That
0: great big CRT that would take the old up like TV half, TV. half your bedroom. Yeah.
1: Um, and I really felt like it was, um, it was kind of like, a, I, I, because I have to like read into it and get my themes, and but it, it seemed like it was a mirror. She, she was looking at herself in yeah. a mirror, and it showed like basically the ugliest part of her. And, you know, kind of made me think of we're, we're on the okay. And I just thought that was, uh, really, I really love that aspect,
0: where she's, like, seeing herself. Uh, yeah. uh, mine is very, very trivial, uh, very, very shallow. <laughs> my souvenir from this movie is, I want that firecracker. Oh my God. I want that illegal, in all of America, but you can get it in Mexico, size of a small oil drum firecracker. And I just want to, I, I do not want to let it off inside like they do in this movie. Uh, I, you know, I just, I want to have like a big old bonfire and like that'll be the end of the night, like light that thing up. It was like
1: the size of I uh, I don't even know, it was like a, um, you know, those big cans of yeah.
0: soup that yeah. you get. For it was huge. It was like yeah, a Costco size firecracker. Yep. We rate here on the D. Cast on a scale of one to four stars. Mm-hmm. Carolyn, what would you give? Colossal on a scale of one to four. I'm
1: gonna be a jerk because I still don't like Anne Hathaway, I'm gonna give it two. And a half. Really, I, I, you sound I, like you like it so much more though. I liked it, but I just I can't get around her. What is wrong with me? I'm a horrible person.
0: I don't know. Okay, thank it's, yeah. okay. it's okay. Two and a half. Two and a half. You
1: might, you, know
0: might what? Like, you might like it differently if, like, if it was Emily Blunt. You know, for instance. I
1: think I would have loved it a lot more. Okay. Now.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm on the other side. This is a. This is somewhere between a three and a three and a half for me. I really, really loved it. Uh, I was surprised by it and I loved how it just it took a very, very focused idea and just concentrated on that. Of um, hey, maybe we're wrong. Maybe you're somebody who really hates this movie. Maybe you think we're underselling it and you really love this movie, let me know at Ryan at the Twitter where I'm at underscore CA or facebook.com what do you think of Colossal um we're gonna go straight into kind of the other side and the conclusion of this show um could you think of other movies that this would pair up to kind of nicely? I actually, I had a few. I was racking my brain and
1: I, I couldn't really, I, because it's so, it's, it is a unique film.
0: Like it's, it's not, like the, the knee-jerk reaction is to say, well, go watch Godzilla, and go watch Pacific Rim. Yes. But it's really not like that. No,
1: it's not. And that, that was my initial... I'm like oh maybe Pacific Rim but it really doesn't have anything to do with that maybe even like I'm going to just throw it in there um leaving Las Vegas.
0: <laughs> wow. Nice. Think, yeah, yes. You know because there's like there's a
1: codependency, there's just like self-destruction. self-destruction so maybe I mean they're cooked to completely different films,
0: but we'll work. you know, you know, this, work. this one's yeah. not dark enough for you? you yeah. Go over here. It'll be yeah. dark. Yeah. Um, well, one that I thought of was actually one that you didn't mention by oh, Nacho wow. Uh, called Extraterrestrial, yes, okay. which is a wonderful movie uh, in Spain, very similar. Uh, a UFO suddenly appears over Spain, and while the whole rest of the city is trying to deal with this UFO showing up, um, there is a couple who are having an affair, and they are trying to deal with their own shit. They have no time or care for the ufo that's out there um, they are trying to deal with their infidelity um, and a neighbor finds out and he's trying to tell her boyfriend of this affair and he gets increasingly and increasingly belligerent about trying to get this news out there and basically it's, it's kind of like you know, like, there's, like, somebody really important will die, and then somebody not as important will die, and you're like, guys, we need to remember this other person. It's it's like that. It's very much like that, and it's really funny. Yeah,
1: okay, because, you know, I was looking at his films, and I'd never heard of that one, so, like, I yeah,
0: it's on my watch Yeah, it's so good. Um, did you have any others that came to mind, or just Leaving Las Vegas? I think, yeah, just leaving. it
1: is, is really, awesome. like, a, a, I think it is a tough film to kind of pair up, because you would have to...
0: Well, I did have one more. You know, go me. Um, The other one I thought about was uh, from 2010, um, directed by Gareth Edwards, who. Went on to direct the remake of Godzilla from like two years ago. He directed a film called Monsters.
1: Oh my god, yes.
0: The road movie with um, Scoot McNary from, uh, oh jeez, he's been in like a boatload of stuff since then. And it's, you know, two people trying to get out of Mexico while there are these huge extraterrestrials wandering about, but it's about them and, like, just them and their journey. Yes. You know? While extraterrestrial shit happens to be happening. That's really what this movie is and what extraterrestrial is. And that, I, I, I love when something bananas is happening in the background but we don't have time for that shit yeah it's like I got
1: my own stuff it's yeah. like me oh what is a fire alarm going on I got to watch my shows <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's,
0: yeah. I, you know I, I think it's a really good idea for a movie I mean, Yeah. I want more of them yeah true so. That's true yeah oh there right. we go that is episode 175 um, thank you for joining us for brunch and th- thank you first of all for you know as I said putting up with my technical difficulties last time oh, not a worry yeah. your french toast getting Definitely. slightly cold today To Um, We're going to do another episode on May 8th uh, on the Matinate Cast. We may talk about Free Fire. Uh, I don't think we'll talk about Guardians because I don't know what that will be to say about Guardians, um, and we may try and get in a hot dog show uh, in between then and now. Uh, Carolyn's work can be found all kinds of places. Tell people where they can find yourself.
1: Okay, so uh, I have my own blog called rosemaryspixie.com I also write for Cinema Cinema, cinema, <laughs> yep. cinema Access and uh, I have a few articles up on Graveyard Shift Sisters um, Also um, I am a programmer for Blood in the Snow and we now are uh, taking submissions for films so any Canadian genre filmmakers out there please submit nice. and uh, we'll also be at London shop um, um, May 5th to 7th, so come visit us there. And,
0: and if people want to follow you on Twitter, where can they find um, you? It's at
1: RMPixie, and uh, I have a Facebook page as well, so like me, because uh, it's kind
0: of a bit of a desert on my Facebook <laughs> page. Anyway. <laughs> my site is TheMatinee.ca. For more audio content, you can find back episodes um, by going to podcasting. Mm-hmm. You can also find them on platforms like Blueberry, Pocket Cast, Apple's podcast app, uh, Stitcher Radio, uh, and the iTunes Store. Everything gives you a to subscribe for free and get alerts when new episodes drop. Feedback from Colossal on any of the movies we've talked about or on how loud this diner was could uh, <laughs> be sent to ryan at the facebook.com slash which is also a little bit of a ghost town, so please go there, um, and Twitter, where I'm at now, CA. Any final thoughts?
1: I say, you know, go see, don't listen to me. Because I'm a jerk when it comes to Anne Hathaway. Go see it. I think it's, it's an interesting film and I think it makes people think, you know? And what
0: I find. Yeah, you know, like what I think with that is we are getting into the time of year where the franchises are coming. You know, the, the drums are sounding now. The superheroes and the pirates and the franchises and the remakes and the sequels, they're all knocking at the door. Which are fine, but don't forget about these kinds of movies. Don't forget about stuff like this in Free Fire. Um, and I don't know about you, but oh, you know, we got—we probably both got the same trailer pack before Colossal. All these small, little twisted movies, twisted stories that will be—they'll probably leave you with more than the cheeseburgers that we'll have during the summer. At least I think so. For Carolyn, I'm Ryan. We'll see you at the matinee. Hey.